0: Phil Mackey Judd
2: All right. Hour 3 Mackey and Judd TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackey is uh, done for the day now. Matthew Collar also left. But Manny Hill. What's up, is Here. What's going on, man? How are
1: you? I'm good. Had a nice uh nice Labor Day weekend and I relaxed. Most of the day yesterday, and um, I'm good. I'm refreshed and ready to go on a nice little four day week here.
2: Now, the announcement is out as of a week from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mackie and Judd, three to six, with you aboard as well. So I'm excited. That's out there. So we, we yeah. will be. This will be the last week of the Mackie and Judd show going from 9 to 1 it will switch uh, to drive time 3 to 6 p.m. starting on Monday it'll be Mackie it'll be Judd Manny Hill so and, and, that'll be fun.
1: And you guys are going to be well conditioned to run a 3-hour show as opposed to a 4-hour show. So
2: personally I can't wait.
1: <laughs> 4 hours was uh <clears throat>
2: 4 hours a long time to be on, on air. I've always thought 3 2 is probably an hour 2 few or little four was extensive I got so i'm admit, very happy here i have to admit patrick was not wrong let's just say that for yeah. all those years four hours <laughs> four hours, hours I took a nap i
1: ate i have to admit judd wednesday when i did four hours with you at the fair last week yes sir by the time one o'clock rolled around i was i was just completely out of breath i i was just out of gas i didn't know how i, was, I did not know how i was going to survive the ride later that afternoon
2: i think most of us most of us, not all, are conditioned to only be able to listen to ourselves for X amount of time. And I've decided three hours is that time. After three, you need a break of some sort. So, uh, so yeah, M- Mackie and Judd moves to uh, three to six PM drive time, uh, starting next Monday, which of course is a day after the Vikings open the season against, uh, the 49ers at US Bank Stadium. All right, sir. Uh, Byron Buxton. Yeah. I, I have pontificated on this. I've written on this. I find it to be an inexcus- inexcusable, in my mind, mistake. What are your thoughts here? Because I just keep coming back to the fact that other than the potential of the service time coming into play now in 2022 instead of 21, I don't see the upside of taking a guy who is at a really vital stage of his career and just deciding we'll, we'll shut him down. And to me, it's not a it's not the month long that they're going to lose. It's the relationship potentially with the kid, yeah, and it's also the fact that I thought September for a guy who did not play a lot of baseball this year, I thought September should have been the start of a plan, winter ball, things like that, and this to me leaves me questioning and very much in flux of where they're going to go from here because he's now gone home.
1: Well, I got, I have two questions with this. One, is he healthy? which I assume that he is. They said the wrist is still a concern to which I said
2: a week ago, Friday, you started to play him every single day. Right. So why are you doing that? If he's, if If, the wrist is still a concern.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, a follow-up question to that would be, okay, if he is healthy, why, why are you shutting him down for the rest of the year? Like, I, I I don't know. It's very, I mean, we talked about this last week at the fair that what, like to me, service time should should be like secondary in all of this and and again, like we don't know for sure if that's the reasoning behind this, but to me the their number one concern should be trying to get him right, trying to get him going I mean because you have all these injuries with him, and you the the bat has not been consistent enough. And only way to get that bat consistent enough is if he gets more at bats. Yep. I mean, shutting him down for September doesn't... I don't see how it really benefits him. Now, if he's... If the wrist is still bothering him, if the toe that he hurt early in the season is still bothering him, or if he's dealing with migraines again, if it's something like that and you just want to shut him down, then I I get it. But if he's healthy and if he's fine, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't, you know, be up here playing. And apparently... At Rochester,
2: you had finally gotten him to a point where he was playing and started to hit. So why yeah. why would you want to stop that? Why would you want to stop that? And and the other thing about this is, is because of where he's at currently, I don't even care if he came up here and played on an everyday basis. I just want him here so that the big league co- coaching staff, there's no way that that coaching staff can say, this is a good idea because you had right. an opportunity to get him here for a month work with him set a foundation for spring training the last thing that you can do is say is say well potentially uh we, we've delayed having to give him a contract if this works but it might not work and oh by the way we're going to see you in february yeah like that makes th- this lacks to me all common sense from, from two guys who I've defended quite a bit and mm-hmm. I and I think are smart people this to me is one that I've thought about this for far too long and from every angle of okay, is there something here? And I keep coming back to it reeks of the twins being cheap, but it also reeks of them being dumb because this is not a this is not a given that this guy is going to come back and be successful.
1: Well and the other the other question I would have for Derek Falvey and Thad Levine is, okay, so you shut him down for the year now. So he's done. He's not gonna you know, the triple A season's gonna be done and he's not gonna play again this season. So what is the plan now in the off season for him? Is he going to play winter ball? Is he going to And he has to agree to do that. And, right.
2: and you've and you've ticked him
1: off. Right. So what what is the plan here going forward and what how how do you I would ask them how do you view him now as a part of your future? Is he a part of your future now or is this a sign saying you know we're just not really going to invest in him anymore because I don't know. But you're not
2: doing it because you think that you might invest in in him in 2022. So this move, I mean, this move is all about to me one thing, delaying a potential contract. Yeah. And if we thought that contract was going to come, I'd be like, all right, I don't like what you're doing, but I I get the financial implications. But there's no guarantee here. It just, it goes back to, because what if it goes back to lacking all common sense? And this is not a kid. Yeah. If you want to tick off so no go for it if you want to send him to florida go for it might light a fire underneath him yeah if you want to tell him miguel we're going to violate the cba and you're not going home this winter you're not going home go for it because you know what the only way i think to get through to him is to tick him off byron buxton's a sensitive kid and part of his problem is confidence confidence it's huge it's a huge because when he's confident he's a different person so essentially what you're doing now is you're treating him the same as you would a guy who needs a fire lit under him. And I think psychologically, this is a completely different person and this is going, this is going to backfire. And I mean, this goes back to the fact that this is one of the most important players in your franchise. Like this guy could be incredibly important and you don't want to find out right now.
1: Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And to me, it's like, Okay, it goes back to, you know, I go back to the service time thing. You know, is this about service time? Is this about, you know, getting an extra year to delay the free agency? But but Judd, what the hell difference does it make if he's not any good? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Zero. That's so, my point. Alex like all and, kind of and, and if and the bigger problem here is the question is, is he going to be good? We still don't know yet, and it's on you. you. Have to try and get you. Yes, your number. I'll go back to the same point I've been making for a week. Yep, your number one concern right now should be getting him as good as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And and I don't. I service time. Cross, damn it, cross that bridge when you get there. You should be so fortunate. Cross that bridge when you
2: get there. And by the way. By the way, if this had worked or or this works and he comes back in 19 and 20 and and it's fantastic. If he begins, if he reaches the potential that we once thought he could or comes close, then you know what you do? You send him to a long term contract and you never cross that bridge. 2022 doesn't matter because if he puts together back to back great years. You're saying, hold on a second here. We're going to him with a long term, very lucrative contract, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, 2022 it's a non-factor. Ever, I've thought through every portion. My, fa- my favorite Levine Saturday Night quote because he he went on extensively. Uh, my favorite quote though, was,
1: which I give them a lot of credit for though, yeah, is that him and him and Levine or him and Falvey have always been very open and very willing to discuss things like this. And they, what I appreciate about them is that they're very open to. Discussion on things like this, and they don't really hide behind anything, and they don't really, they're not quiet, so to speak.
2: And Thad, so Thad uh, told the guys covering the team in Texas that there were three main factors here as to why. And number three was this one, and this is just like, really? Quite frankly, it's just a playing time situation. As we look to the major league team right now as it's constituted, we obviously view Byron as a starting outfielder. Those at bats were not necessarily prevalent at this juncture, so we are not going to recall him. Now let me review the Monday prevalent. Let me review the Monday box score for you from the Twins loss to Houston. Your left fielder was Robbie Grossman. Yeah. Your center fielder was Jay Cave, and your other starting outfielder was Johnny Field. I mean, what? I like that. I really do. And I think you're right. I think for the most part, he is forthcoming. And I understand that they cannot by any means get up there and say, we're holding him down for service time because there's already a good chance that a grievance is going to be filed against the Twins by the Buxton camp. But honest to God. Make it a two point plan. And don't, please don't tell me, don't tell your fan base that there is a playing time issue in September with this team when Johnny Field is starting in right field for you.
1: And look, all due respect to Robbie Grossman. I'm sure he's a good guy and, you know, he's not a bad player and, you know, he. He takes good at bats and, you know, he draws walks and you can put him, you know, he's not a great defender, obviously, but you can put him in different places <laughs> he in the outfield. You really he's, don't like to, he's but a, you he's can. A, he's, he's a solid fourth outfielder. Honest to God, I don't want to see him in the lineup every day now. It's September. We know this team's well, out How about of Johnny Field? Oh, God. How about I, it,
2: it and just... if you like Jake Cave, just move him to left and have Byron play center. Like, he doesn't have to play center field. He could play
1: left field. Isn't this... But that that's the thing. But think like, about how is, dumb... Isn't, isn't this September for a team that's out of it? Okay. The young guys are supposed to be playing, right? But the Levine quote I just read you... I don't get Th- this. Think about,
2: think about how ultimately dumb these guys think that we are. I mean, give me a two-point plan. Give me two reasoned... I might not agree with them, but two reasoned responses. But you give me a three-point plan... Ending with ending with playing time, and you're starting Johnny Field and Robbie Grossman,
1: Jake Cave. Two I guys who are not in your long term plans. No, no. And but I mean that's where, and Jake Cave is might I be part plans. of your. Jake Cave uh, might be a part of your long term plan, but it's ideally it's as a fourth outfielder.
2: 651-646-8255, uh, six, six, five, five. if you would like to chime in on this decision with uh, a guy that's still considered a pretty important player if the Twins can get uh, Buxton turned around. And also, I'm going to run a theory by you because I think a certain Twins official might not agree w- with this and was basically putting out an SOS. We'll get to that. 651-646-8255 six, six, five, five is the number. All right, Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Manny and Judd right now. Jason Stark coming up at the bottom of the hour. Our weekly baseball conversation, always enjoyable. All right, I've got a theory to run past you, Manny Hill, and I did not run this past Phil, but I want to see if you agree. I think there might have been a bit of an SOS issued on Saturday from a Twins official, Thad Levine. All right, I'm going to give you, so from his extensive quotes that he gave to the press in Texas, on the decision not to uh, call up Buxton as rosters expanded from 25 to 40. Here's the last quote, all right? Quote Thad Levine, From this day forward, I think we recognize a responsibility to make amends and that we're going to need to invest in the relationship with Byron Buxton moving forward because I think as much as we would like to believe that all the relationship building here to date will carry the day, we understand this is a blow to the player, a potential blow to the relationship and we're prepared to try and stay as consistent as we can and reinvest in that element of this because we realized this was information that was not appealing or certainly collaborative so why are you doing meaning it meaning that buxton and his agent are livid i ran Wh- this why by are you doing i this ran then? this theory by patrick though and i said do you think that's him basically acknowledging i don't really agree with this myself but i'm an employee of the team i have to do it but here, here's my out, because the fact that he the fact that he acknowledged fully on the record that the Buxton camp is very ticked off, is interesting to me, and I almost take that as Levine saying, I don't know that this is a good idea, but I've been told to do it. I'm on the trip. I have to talk, and obviously you can't come out and bash your employer.
1: Just a theory. Yeah, I mean that's I, a very interesting. Be, that's a long quote. Well, it is, and it's, and again, like okay, you realize that this is damaging to the player and that the relationship with the player could potentially be significantly damaged okay, but I'll ask the question, then why are you doing it why are you why are you not just calling him like something is something is going on here that's really weird to me I just I, I don't know what it is I think you're being cheap. I think the team's
2: being cheap. I think this comes down to one thing. They are banking on the fact that they can get him turned around and that they won't and have to And they take, can hold off on free agency hold, yes. for another year. Yes. At the at the risk of if he does turn things around, he's going to always remember this. And in Sino's case, I wouldn't care because I'd be like, Miguel, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. But he's got the talent and he knows it. Mm-hmm. It's unlocking it. With Byron at the plate, I don't know. You don't know. You do not know... There is there is a yeah. chance that you are going to reach a very sad conclusion, making him perhaps the biggest bust in the history of athletes in this town. That your conclusion is going to be he just couldn't hit. But it's your but it's your job. It's incumbent on Falvian and Levine and Molitor and the entire team to find that out.
1: And now, going forward, I'll go back to my the question I presented last segment. Now, what is the plan? Are you going to try? I mean. What is the First of all, what is the plan for him this offseason? Is there something specific that you're going to try with him to to get him right? Are you now concerned because of the relationship with the player might be damaged? Has Byron Buxton played his last game in a Twins uniform? Is that going to be something that you explore this winter? I mean, right now, you're probably not going to get a whole lot for him if you do try to move him. So are you? So okay, I mean, okay. Let's go down that that path.
2: Are you? Are you saying that they might have perhaps decided he just can't hit and he's done? And I don't know. And right, right. But I'm saying, are you saying that the service time issue is really being done? So if he has any value to be traded at all, you go to Team yeah. X and say he's not going to be able to walk till
1: 2022. That could be. That could be part of it. I mean, I and maybe and maybe no. maybe there. I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I don't know. But they may they might be looking at this like And what do you We can't fix this kid and Yeah, we're gonna try to move him this off season and you know that extra year of team control might be valuable for somebody who could value him and and think that they can fix him down the line. What could you get but for him at this point? I don't know if you could. Even get with an I don't know if you could get anything for him right now. I don't think. I you mean, you can. get something, but I don't know if you would get what John Ryan you Murphy
2: too. Just <laughs> serious. I mean, that that's what and you got see, for Hicks, and, and, and Hicks turned
1: it around. And well, that's the see that's the other thing you got to think about with this too is, you know, Aaron Hicks was struggling as a hitter, and he was a first round pick, I think, right. Yeah, I think you're right. And it took him a while, and they gave up on him. Now that was a different regime. There was a different front office, but they, you know, pulled the plug on Aaron Hicks, traded him for John Ryan Murphy, which was a complete disaster because he's in Arizona now and hitting a buck fifty like he was hitting a buck fifty here. Mm-hmm. And now Aaron Hicks is probably going to hit thirty home runs for the Yankees this year. So that's that's the other thing you have to think about, and and I know like with the Sano thing, people have said like, well, you know, we can't give up on him because he's going to go somewhere else, and because it's the David Ortiz thing with with Sano, right? They're right. scared, they're scared that David, that they're scared Sano is going to go somewhere else and become David Ortiz, one of the greatest clutch hitters of all time. Yep. And now with Buxton, you have to think sort of the same thing, like, okay, if they are planning on trading, which we don't know if they are or not. Is he going to go somewhere else and be Aaron Hicks for, like, I don't know, the Dodgers or somebody? But
2: doesn't this need to be—shouldn't this be all about at least one, if it's the last gasp here? As in, we got to save this guy. And we've got to do everything we can to save him. He's one of the most important people in your franchise. Still, he is a gold glove outfielder who catches everything. Mm -hmm. His speed is off the charts. If we can get him to hit, and I'm not saying for power, don't care about the power. If we can get him to hit 265 to 270 and get him on base, he is a nightmare. I would be doing, I would be going down and keep every. Keep
1: him healthy too.
2: Yeah. But, and you know what? If he can't, if he can't stay healthy, then he just can't. But I would, ge- I would do everything within my power if I was the twins to say, this is going to be, we're going to put everything into trying to make th- this work one or two more times. And then if he just, he stinks, he stinks. Mm-hmm. But it's not like half the skills are 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 not there. It's not like he is oh he's slower than we thought. He's a butcher in center. He's outstanding. So he just needs to
1: be more confident as a hitter.
2: Yeah. But so so that's what's got me so confused is seemingly two smart people in Falvey and Levine have a thought process that lacks all common sense.
1: Well, and the other thing too is, you know, with Buxton, if they are like at a point where they're ready to give up on him, which again we don't know for sure. If they if they if they're gonna pull the plug on him and move him or whatever, I mean, they, there's some nice prospects down in the system right now, but you know you got Royce Lewis and you got Kirilov mm-hmm. and you got the Oregon State kid that they drafted this year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but we're still a few years away from even seeing those guys, so. You're probably looking at oh, it's a huge, enormous setback.
2: Yeah, yeah. you're you're it's looking huge. at if
1: you're not going to get, you know, star, put, or just even good out of Byron Buxton, you're looking at another three four years of of being relevant again.
2: Hey Billy, what's going on? Thanks for holding. Hey, uh, great.
0: Uh, uh, I was thinking about that Hicks thing, uh, just, and it's just like the like the Ortiz thing, like when no, nobody wanted Ortiz. Basically, I mean, they couldn't even give him away, really. Right. And and you, and you look at him in the lineup when he went to Boston, he had. Ramirez hitting after him. He had a whole loaded lineup, and then I was watching Hicks the other night, and 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 it's the same thing. The same thing, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at Hicks and the Hicks in the batter's box, you know, and he, and he it's not like he has to think too much because who's in the on deck circle? Stanton, of course, they're going to give Hicks fastballs, and then of course, you know, after a while, he hits a few of them. Now he got he has confidence, just like Ortiz gained all that confidence, and 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 they all gain confidence. You know, they're racking up stats, and then. You know, but you look at the guy in the on deck circle, and it was Stanton. and I go, of course they don't want to face Stanton. They're gonna, they're gonna face Hicks and throw him fastball. I'll hang up and see what you guys say.
1: Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. It's a fair point. The only thing I'll say with Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks has, Aaron Hicks might hit 30 home runs well, this year. And Aaron Hicks here, like I that's mean, that's a huge. That is a major, major. Like I get what he, I get what Bill's right. saying, but that's a major. He gets the 30 home runs. That's a major jump from what. And we don't, even thought he could be when he was here.
2: And don't forget, much like with Buxton now, Aaron Hicks was a mental mess. Yeah. I mean, this is the guy who came in on Memorial Day and told Gardenhire, I, I, I am giving up. Switch, hitting, I, Ron, I can't do it. Skip, I'm done. And got put in the lineup that day, that day to face Darvish, I believe. And he had gone exclusively, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, from the right side. Like, he was a mental mess. Yeah. So, so Billy's point is, is a good one, and it's relevant, but we're also talking, much like Buxton, about guys, how do you get them mentally back? Like, how do you get them in a position to feel like they can succeed at the plate? And that's what I think the Twins are responsible for trying to do here, at least. And instead, and, they just said, they, go home.
1: And in my opinion, they need to try like hell to get whatever they can out of Byron Buxton because if they don't then you're looking at look we're not going I'm, to I'm excited about Royce Lewis but we're not going to see him until oh, 2020 2021 Manny. folks you're right. like we're not going to yep. see Royce Lewis until for like another three years man at least
2: Stark Joint joins us next from the TCL Broadcast Studios
0: Mackie and Judd are talking twins Now, now, with MLB Network contributor and senior baseball writer with The Athletic, Jason Stark. Brought to you by Grundhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats. Bring the excitement of Grundhoffer's to your next cookout.
2: Hello, Jason. How are you on this fine Tuesday? Hi,
0: Jed. Hope you had a good Labor Day.
2: Uh, I did. I did. Lots of baseball and football, so it was absolutely perfect. That I, is perfect. I want to start... Get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to start you off with the uh, primary talking point in this town uh, since Friday or Saturday, and that's to get the national thoughts and your thoughts on the uh, Twins' decision not to uh, call Byron Buxton up as part of the, part of the expansion to the tw- uh, 40-man rosters that teams can have at the big league level for the month of September.
0: Well, I, I, you know, I think about it on multiple levels, and... I mean, the first is, I understand it's a smart business decision. It's also very, probably a uh, I don't know if cold-blooded is the right term, but cold-hearted decision. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a decision that says Byron's had a lost year anyway, so let's just let him go home and hit the reset button and let the years ahead when we can control him count. But There is a ripple effect on the player. There's a ripple effect on the player's friends. And the the fact that Byron still hasn't spoken to to anybody there since this happened tells us how well he's taking it or not so much. So there's all of that. We can get into that if you want. The other part of it, though, is the system's broken. Uh, this This is a problem... That the sport needs to address mm-hmm. there you know i've been thinking about this ever since chris bryant there's really no other professional sport where there's a disincentive to have your best players on your roster on the field on your team right there's none. No. why does baseball no. have it why does baseball <clears throat> tolerate it that's got to change
1: yeah, I, I mean, what what could this do, Jason? This is Manny Hill talk, talk, talking with you right now. What hey, Manny. what can this do for him going forward, too? I mean, is is he is Byron a guy that could benefit from this at all? Because from my perspective, I just don't see how this will benefit him and his development. Because you're taking at bats away from him. And playing time that could be useful for him in September, albeit you know maybe it's only ten to fifteen games, but that could be useful for him in his future development. I mean, what what sort of effect can this have on him?
0: Well, uh, you know, I'd I'd like somebody to argue how it can be a good thing for him. All right, let's just talk about that part of it. Yeah.
2: Um, I've tried. I can't do it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I like I it. know that they've cited his wrist and his health. But my understanding of the injury is that he literally cannot make this worse by playing. And that the extra few weeks of rest will have zero impact on how healthy he will be in the future.
1: And he was playing every day, Jason, before leading up to this.
0: Correct. If the rest was so important, why was he allowed to play every day? I, I guess I just don't understand that part of it. And then... I mean, they're saying there's no playing time for him. I guess I don't know. I look at the at the lineups and think
2: <laughs> we did too. Can I give you the outfield from Monday in Houston? Yeah, sure. Robbie Grossman in left, Jay Cave in center, and a kid named Johnny Field in right. That was your twin starting outfielder on Monday. That's that's the we don't have we don't have room for Byron Buxton outfield right now, Jason.
0: Yeah, that, that's a it's another hard case to make. Yes, I, I mean you can spin it a lot of different ways, and okay. I, you know, like I kind of like Thad a lot, yeah. and I, I I know that this is incredibly well thought through, deeply thought through, and it's it's a a sound business decision for sure on many levels. Mm-hmm. But is the rest of it worth it? I know even he acknowledged they would have to make amends to Byron Buxton in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the way is, but if if we're even saying that. It's pretty much admitting he's not going to take this well. He isn't taking this well.
2: So from a business standpoint, I get it from, the, from this end. If you got Chris Bryant, right, Jason? And Chris Bryant's going to come up, but you can hold him off for a month, and you say, well, he's not going to like this, but, but we gain service time if we do it. And, oh, by the way, our full expectation is that Chris Bryant, once he gets here to the Cubs, is going to be a finished product and is never going back down. I don't like that, but I get it. But this is a kid who there are still questions about. And this is a kid who's had a terrible year. He's been hurt. So, so to me, the business decision isn't nearly as sound because ordinarily when we've seen this decision made previously, it's about a player who you fully expect to get to your team and never go back down, not about a player that you're in charge of trying to fix. That's my difference. Well,
0: I think you, you I think you were right. If you were looking at this, in recorded history up to chris bryant but i think if you look around at what's happening now i don't know that that's the case there are some there's some service time games being played now across the sport that are much with much different kinds of players than chris bryant and look, teams are teams are really smart and creative now and they understand the the impact from a business and financial standpoint of everything they do and this decision reflects that across the sport um but then there's the other side of it we keep going back to that even just psychologically if if byron buxton comes up in september and does anything uh doesn't he go home feeling like he's a part of it when he comes back next year. Yep. And isn't there a value in that compared to what's been done and what's been said? I just I just worry about the long-term effect on a player who really does have to turn into a star for this to work here.
1: Speaking of uh, teams being creative in today's baseball, so much has been made about you know what the Rays are doing with – uh, the quote-unquote, what do they call it? the opener? Now, for opener, yep. the, the relievers are starting games now, and the Twins have started to do this. Now they did this on uh, Sunday in Texas uh, with Gabriel Moya, and they're going to do it again tonight uh, against the Astros with Trevor May, a reliever getting the start. Um, what What's your take on how and and why teams are doing this, and is this something that we're going to see uh, for the foreseeable uh, future around baseball? Well,
0: well, Manny. I wrote a piece about it uh maybe two months ago, not that long after the Rays started doing it, and and tried to ask the question, what's the future of starting pitching? And I, I think this is this is a development that imperils the stature of the starting pitcher, which I think again runs into that category of stuff that makes really good baseball strategy and really lousy entertainment strategy. And so There's that whole element of it. But just from the baseball standpoint, there are reasons for it. There are good reasons. Um, You know, the, the numbers, teams score more runs in the first inning than in the other inning. So that tells us right there that if you can bring somebody in who matches up with the opposing team's lineup, then that makes good baseball strategy, right? And then you can bring in a guy behind him to to, to to log those innings, but in a period of the game where he's getting it deep into the game but not facing the, the best hitters in the other lineup three times. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole aspect of it. All that's good. Then in the piece I wrote, Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers said something that was really interesting. Um, there are 30 teams. That makes what? what used to be 150 starting pitchers. And he said, I don't think there are 150 pitchers on planet earth right now who are so good that you'd say, we can't do better. And with the guys who fall into that category of we can do better, why not do this? Why not try something different rather than do what's been done for 125 years? And again that makes a lot of sense. What I worry about is if Max Scherzer pitches against Clayton Kershaw or Aaron Nola or Jacob deGrom, that's baseball entertainment at its finest. Yeah. And if baseball <laughs> loses that, yep, and there's a big issue.
2: What should in in your opinion, what should the the rule for a win be now? If, if you if baseball was to come to you today, Jason Stark and say, it's up to you. What would you qualify now as, as the uh, proper validation to gain a win for a pitcher because now it's just off the tracks completely as far as I'm concerned
0: I, I mean it it is, but this is the problem that baseball always runs into is what do you do about connecting the dots between 2018 and 1918 and all the years in between and the you know the link of the numbers, between one period of baseball and and another is important and so you can't just totally redefine the win i think what you can do mm-hmm. is create a different stat like i i pay way more attention now to what's a team's record when a guy starts but even that is about the get thrown out the window right if we're going to have yeah. the opener and then yep. the next guy pitches two and two-thirds and then it's 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 six pitchers every night i don't think that the, the the pitcher win has any meaning in that context if that's where we're headed
2: yeah that's the problem probably true all right sir it is trivia time i'm told it's very difficult so yeah, what's today's no, question? You guys have been
0: doing way too well at this.
1: Yeah, I've, I figured <laughs> out well, that this, you thought that. Well, Jason, this is the first time for me, so I'm going to Sorry, Manny, I apologize. <laughs> this. this is partially my fault. <laughs> I'm jumping into the deep end of the pool yeah. already.
0: Manny, I hope you've been paying attention, because here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Dylan Batontas reached 100 strikeouts in relief for the fifth year in a row. Wow. wow. In the last 35 years, only one... Twins pitcher okay. that struck out a hundred in relief, and you've got to name them. So that thirty-five years <laughs> takes you back to the the mid '80s. So you've you got those teams to consider. Just one
2: year, too. Just one time. <laughs> Once again, the Twins throwing throwing real heat at opponents. Uh, just one time, hundred guys.
0: You want any hints? Yeah, sure. You well, tell me what kind of hit you want. You want an? You want ERA? Do you want closer or setup man?
2: Um, era.
0: Era is last 20 years.
2: So, to, to, so I, I'll tell you what.
0: Era is 21st century, this century, okay.
1: 2000s.
2: All right. 100 strikeouts. Oh,
1: see, guesses, I, I, I have kind of an obvious guess, but I don't. I think it's too obvious that it probably is not him. Throw it out
2: there. Who is it? No, I, I mean, it's, it's not the... Answer, but who who would you guess? Tell
1: me, and then we'll
2: see if we submit it to Jason Stark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I want to guess Joe Nathan, but I don't. I I feel like that's well, too easy of an answer. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, they yeah. let you know that it was a hard one, so it, it, you know that's too easy. But Joe Nathan did have a bunch of close calls: ninety five one year, ninety four mm. one year, eighty nine a couple of times, very close but not correct. And also, now that we're into the uh, the 2000s, you know, it can't have been the other guy who came really close.
2: Juan Berenguer. Oh, senior <laughs> smoke. Um, so it's not Nathan. relief, And I'm sure people are yelling at their uh, probably radios and probably computers. You idiots. Quite a while. What's that, Jason?
0: He pitched for the Twins for quite a while. Came up with the Twins and pitched, I want to say, seven or eight years for the Twins.
2: Ooh, all right. I'm drawing a complete blank. I'm, I'm completely blank. It's not out. Eddie.
1: It's not Gordado. No, No, came close.
2: No, it could be, and it'd be since 2000. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is nasty. It's one week Cone, on, of course. Oh, see, okay. I, well, wait, he was cheating. He was, he was busted for roids, right? How see, are we supposed to? I have purged his memory from my mind because he
1: cheated. See, I, I, the numbers still count. See, Jason, I, th- the I thought about wandering Cole Did you really? But, but the, yeah, I did. Oh, but never, I just, I never ever. I, just, I, it. I, I wondered though if he had made enough appearances to even get to hundred re- Apparently, he Stark did. has
2: resorted to giving us cheaters now on this show on trivia. I'm very upset about this. So,
1: what, Jason? What year did he do it? Was it 2004? Probably 2004. Okay, here, 106
0: strikeouts, 52 wow. hits, and in 82 innings. Wow. And he was good that year, and the next year, and the next year.
2: And then something happened. Can't imagine what. Yeah, I was going to say, he cheated, and you still put the, him in as a question. See I'm the, very
1: upset. See Jason, the,
2: the answers are the answers. Uh, I see, that. Jason, the yeah, only
1: the only thing I remember from Juan Rincon in 2004 was the massive home run he gave up to Ruben Sierra in the playoffs. <laughs> that broke my heart. Of course it did.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jason Stark. Appreciate it. That was fun, guys. Thanks. Take care.
1: Bye. Jason Stark. I wouldn't have gotten that in a million years. I I I thought about Wandering Cone, but I thought, nah, probably not.
2: Uh, take a break, come back, wrap up this hour. Manny's college football thoughts, and there are many at noon. Great stuff from Stark there, including a trivia question with a twin cheater.
1: I'm not gonna you know what? That doesn't count. <laughs> I'm Ran- just mad at him for that. Wandering comb doesn't around, count. Man.
2: Doesn't count. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios, the show is Mackie and Judd. It is uh, Judd and Manny for the remainder of today's program. Uh, Manny's football, college football thoughts, of which there are quite a few coming up at uh, noon. Manny Hill, did you happen to pick up the St. Paul Pioneer Press and read Charlie Walter's um, page two notes column on Sunday?
1: I saw Doogie tweet <laughs> about it on Saturday, yeah, like, like a little preview of it on Saturday, yeah, but I didn't... Uh, I
2: think he tweeted the lead to the My Favorite Don't Print That part yep. to Shooter's Column. I will read it to you. There's more to the Jimmy Butler-Carl Anthony Towns relationship than most people know, and it's not encouraging for the Timberwolves. <laughs> There's more to the Jimmy Butler-Cat relationship than most people know, and it's not encouraging for the For the Timberwolves. Why do I have a feeling that among train wrecks in this town. Buxton is number two. He's on the (laughs) second track. I'm concerned about it. But that's the second track. I really got a feeling. That this one. That the Wolves are on the main track. And they're headed into the tunnel. And there's a bright light coming right at these poor guys.
1: Well and I'll tell you what. You know. Tom Thibodeau better get something going with this, better get this right, because the Western Conference <laughs> with LeBron I think James, it might be the
2: past, I with think the Lakers. We might be past the point of getting it right, Manny.
1: Well, that's the thing, yeah. is like they, you know, the Wolves, this is a talented roster, this is a roster that on paper should be a playoff team, but... They better be careful because the Western Conference is no joke. You got Golden State and Houston at the top. You got, you know, LeBron is in the conference now. Yeah, no, the Western. You got no. You got Denver, right. who you were in a dogfight with mm-hmm. on the last day of the season to, to just to get in. Yep. And you've got San Antonio, who's still going to be pretty good. So you, I mean, the Wolves better be careful that they could be a forty-five or forty-six win team that doesn't make the playoffs because guys aren't getting along and things like that, because this conference is no joke.
2: Hello, Paul. How are you? Good. And yourself? Can't complain.
1: What's up, Paul? Doing good.
2: G- going to miss your morning show.
1: Well, thank you very much.
2: 3 to 6 p.m. Um, starting Monday on this very station. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, real quick, this
0: pitching thing that's going on now with the openers and so forth, one thing that hasn't been spoken about is, doesn't this benefit front offices? No longer are we going to have these huge contracts for quote starting pitchers if they are basically eliminating uh, the bulk of starting pitching. I mean, we're not going to be sitting here holding our breath over Hugh Darvish anymore if we have six pitchers a game and there are no quote you know million dollar starters anymore.
2: Thanks, Paul. I don't yep. think I think the answer to the question is this isn't an attempt to phase out good starting pitching. What this is is a nod to the fact that there's a lot of bad starting pitching, yeah. And how can we put that very mediocre, let's say 4-5 four, four pitcher into a situation to not be completely horsebleed? Yeah, I mean, so I Kershaw's and those guys are Kershaw, absolutely going to make their numbers. It's not going
1: to, it's not going to change anything for those guys. They're still going to get those huge contracts. But for somebody like Alex Cobb, who got what five years and fifty some million from the Orioles or Ricky Nalasco a couple of years ago, maybe even like an Irv, Irvin Santana now going forward, might not get the type of contracts that they've been getting yeah, because that's tr- absolutely true. Those, those guys yeah. are I mean, well Ricky but wasn't they don't, but, but Irvin's guys... a quality pitcher, but he's not and Nalasco was team. a stupid contract.
2: Like he should not he should right. get a lesser contract. So, all right, let's uh, take a break, come back. We are going to come back with Manny Hill's college football thoughts next. Mackie and Judd is the show. It's Judd and Manny. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios.